Hello and welcome to Gamer's Thumb. Coming up on today's episode. Music, reviews, news and moans and groans when I give you the opportunity to have your say on any game related subject. First off, for those of you who may not know, I have a Facebook page. Just search for Gamer's Thumb. On Twitter at Gamers underscore Thumb and of course email Gamers underscore Thumb at Hotmail.com This month's featured band is Bloodshot, and here they are with Borrowed Time.
you want to find out more about any of the bands featured, just go to our Facebook page and linkage will be yours. Inevitably, these days, some gamers complain about a title being too hard. To those people, I would strongly suggest you go play Jet Set Willy, then you'll know hard. You can play it in your browser as well, so go and check out our Facebook page and you'll get linkies. The game itself was released in 1984 by Software Projects. A tired, minor Willy, that's his name, has to tidy up all the items left around his house after a huge party. With this done, his housekeeper Maria will allow him access to his bedroom, where his mansion was bought with the wealth obtained from his adventures in Manic Minor, yet another difficult game, but much of it remains unexplored and it appears to be full of strange creatures, possibly a result of the previous missing owner's experiments. Willie must explore the enormous mansion and its grounds, which includes a beach and a yacht, to fully tidy up the house so he can get some much-needed sleep. Limited lives and a ridiculous difficulty level made this one of the hardest games to complete. And if you add in the game-killing bugs that were in it when it first came out, that you had to enter a poke or cheat in order to fix, then, yeah, that makes the game even harder. I would suggest every gamer out there who claims to be a hardcore gamer needs to play this game at least once before you get the right to have that title.
That was Bloodshot with Greed. There's a growing trend in the gaming industry for small software developers making games that have a retro look to them. I am one of the lovers of this, and not because of my age or anything like that, but because these games are, are mostly very hard, but very good. Shovel Knight, Spelunky, The Binding of Isaac, and Super Meat Boy are the examples that come to mind. I would say to anyone out there to embrace the small devs who are pumping out games with huge replay value, and at a very cheap price compared to the AAA titles. They may not all have modern looking graphics, but all have been made with great passion. I hope this will not be a passing infatuation, but a long love affair with proper gameplay. Most modern games are hand-holding, molly-coddling simpletons that are easy to complete and offer no real replay value at a premium price. Give the small devs a chance. They might surprise you. Now the news. Games coming soon. Gears of War 4, Mafia 3, Batman Arkham Virtual Reality, Civilization 6, World of Final Fantasy, Warhammer, End Times, Duke Nukem 3D, 20th Anniversary World Tour. There's a ton more coming out, but time is short. We need to get back to the console wars we were discussing last month. So, now we know what the new Sony machine is going to be. How does the PS4 Pro actually compare against the PS4? When it comes to performance, well, the Pro will run games faster with fewer frame rate tears in more intensive games, and that will provide a smoother gaming experience across the board. The increased GPU, which is more than double that of the original PS4, that should go a long way towards helping that. All new and recent PS4 games are required to support a Pro mode, which means either improved resolution and or increased texture and effects quality. Crucially, games that support an increased 4K mode have to run as smoothly as they do on the standard PS4 console. Even if you don't have a 4K TV, games will look better on the PS4 Pro, though to what degree is down to the developer. So maybe it's not worth getting too excited just yet. Of course, PS4 Pro adds support for 4K output to facilitate all of this, meaning you'll be able to play games and stream certain content in ultra-high def, provided you've got a 4K-ready TV. It'll also upscale some games to near 4K and offer improved frame rates. The question in my mind, is this enough of a difference? Who knows? What about Nintendo? Have they released any info on the NX? No? Perhaps they want to wait until it's out, like they've done previously. As for the next Microsoft effort, it will more than likely be similar in specs to the PS4 Pro. Do we know much more than that? Not really. Next up, we got more Bloodshot.
was rollover. So it looks like virtual reality is becoming mainstream. It's about bloody time too. I've always loved the idea of being in the game world. And while we cannot physically step into the game, it does at least offer a little bit of that dream. There are quite a few on the market at the moment at varying price levels and different specs. At the moment, I would say take it slow and do your homework. Don't just buy the first one that comes along just for the sake of it. Do your research. I'm going to say that over and over again. Do your research. Some of them require a really beefy PC in order to actually get anything out of them. And the the future of console gaming is they're going to support virtual reality headsets. So maybe hold back and do your research. And scientists, hurry up and invent the holodeck, eh? The Binding of Isaac is an independent, roguelike video game, initially released in 2011 for the PC. The game was later ported for Mac and Linux, The game's title and plot were inspired by the biblical story of the Binding of Isaac. After his mother receives a message from God demanding the life of her son as proof of her faith, Isaac flees into the monster-filled basement of their home where he must fight to survive. Players control Isaac, or one of six other unlockable characters, through a procedurally generated dungeon in a roguelike manner fashioned after those of The Legend of Zelda, defeating monsters in real-time combat while collecting items and power-ups to defeat bosses and eventually Isaac's mom. The game was the result of a week-long game jam to develop a Zelda-inspired roguelike game, and it was released without much fanfare to Steam in September 2011, and they weren't expecting many sales. The game, however, soon gained popularity, partially as a result of various Let's Play videos showcasing the title. An expansion, Wrath of the Lamb, soon followed in May 2012, but they were limited from further expansion due to the limitations with Flash. They had started working with Nintendo in 2012 to release the 3DS version, but Nintendo later backed out of the Austin controversy over the game's religious themes. The developer worked with the team in 2014 to complete a remake of the game, The Binding of Isaac Rebirth, bringing additional features that had been planned that exceeded Flash's limitations, as well as to improve the game's graphics and enable ports for other systems. Rebirth was released in November 2014 on all platforms, and later for Xbox One and Wii U. And of course the Nintendo 3DS. Rebirth has since seen one expansion, and fingers crossed we'll get more. The Binding of Isaac has been so well received, with both critics and the rest of us, that by July 2014 it was reported to have sold over 3 million copies. Guess what? More music!
there will be no moans or praise this month, as there have been no emails or anything like that. So instead, I'm going to talk about crowdfunding. When it comes to getting the game off the ground, it costs a whole hell of a lot of cash. So some small developers go to a crowdfunding site. There are obviously good points and bad points about this, and I'll leave you to make up your mind about that. But obviously, if you wade through the thousands that you find, there are going to be some gems in there. And a friend of mine has been supporting some games on crowdfunding websites. And if you're very careful about what you back, then sometimes they'll actually throw you the game for free. I'm a big fan of this kind of crowdfunding because it gives the the wee man a chance to get what he wants developed. And if you find yourself with some extra cash, I would suggest you consider doing the same thing. Get out there on the crowdfunding websites. Give it a wee bash. Don't start off with much, just whatever you can write off. At the end of the day, if it comes to nothing, but the game still gets released, at least you've got the pleasure of saying, I helped make that game. We're going to be played out by Bloodshot. And remember, folks, if you want to have a moan or a praise, just drop me an email to gamers underscore thumb at hotmail.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Gamers Thumb. Thanks for listening, guys, and see you soon.